grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Today uh, is All Saints Day, and All Saints Day is one of those rich traditions and celebrations in the church. Uh, it dates all the way back to the fourth century when Christians began to celebrate and honor the lives of those who had died before them in the faith. But as all church traditions do, they begin to take on nuances over time, and they may change as well, uh, and it's become something more of even a joyous celebration for us today. Uh, not only do we honor and celebrate the saints who have gone before us, but we all inclu are included in the saints. Uh, and so we celebrate that together. And yet, uh, there are also reasons for us to mourn. As we mourn the loss of the loved ones in our lives who have gone on before us. And so with this mourning and this rejoicing, I thought it might be helpful to come up with a little list of things perhaps for us to be celebrating today, or at least things I know you all have been celebrating. Uh, for starters, if you've been here for the past few weeks, that list could be pretty long. Uh, last week, we celebrated the Reformation, as well as 70 years of ministry here at St. Andrew amongst all of the saints who have gone on before us and us here uh, and perhaps when you walked in, you may have noticed the craft fair and the wonderful celebration that was yesterday, and I'm sure some of you are going to get to experience that afterwards. And in fact, I even know that some of you are rejoicing because the craft fair is over. <laughs> and of course, if you were here last weekend, you also got to experience Trunk or Treat maybe last Saturday. That was a lot of fun. There was a lot of rejoicing and celebrating there, particularly, you know, there was candy given out. I love candy. Uh, and I feel like I'm forgetting something. Dealing with sports maybe. Uh, that's right. Basketball season started again. Uh, what a great time to celebrate. Uh, and of course, uh, the Washington Nationals did indeed win the first ever World Series in franchise history. A great reason to celebrate, which I know all of you have been rejoicing over. Uh, so this list of rejoicing, if I asked you, what are you celebrating? You clearly have a good list. Uh, and yet, we also find reasons to be mourning in the midst of that. And so with mourning and rejoicing, uh, today, as we gather here, there is one thing in particular that we are celebrating, one reason for us to be rejoicing. And it's quite simple. We are rejoicing in the promises of God for all of his saints. The promises of God are such a great reason to rejoice. That's what our text this morning is all about. It gives us reasons to rejoice as Jesus talks about the people who are blessed. You'll notice as our text opens up, uh, Jesus finds himself on the top of a mountain or side of a mountain, gathered with his disciples and a large multitude of people, a great crowd. Uh, and this is, in fact, the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, Jesus' really first step into ministry, his first teaching moment, some might say, found in the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, and just to put this in context for you all, uh, if you ever think that Pastor Mark and I preach for a long time, keep in mind, Jesus preaches for two whole chapters here. We're just getting a couple of verses for you. So, uh, that's just some context. But, but nonetheless, uh, Jesus is out there, and uh, he begins to preach on a, a text and tell us something that is perhaps kind of familiar to all. Uh, the Beatitudes. Nine blessings that Jesus speaks over the people. Nine different promises of God for all the people who are there. 
And it's a text that is kind of familiar and that we relate to really well, particularly because Jesus continuously uses that word, blessed. But the word blessed is one of those words that has kind of transformed and taken on some different meanings, to say the least, in our world. Uh, the other day, I was on Facebook and scrolling through and saw a picture. Uh, a guy posted a picture with his new car, and he said, hard work pays off, hashtag blessed. And then I was at the coffee shop, and I heard two people talking, and one said to the other, oh, congratulations on that new promotion. Uh, how exciting that must be for you. You must have worked really hard. And the person said, yeah, I'm just so blessed. Now, I gotta, I gotta admit, I don't think that's what Jesus was saying when he uses the word blessed. Don't hear what I'm not saying. Uh, those are perhaps reasons to feel as though you are blessed. Uh, and indeed, everything that we receive from God, everything we have in this world, is a blessing from God. And so the reality is that word is just used out of context. Uh, because those blessings that they're talking about, uh, they had to work for them. It was only after the hard work that they even indicated in their statement that they finally thought, oh, well, now I'm blessed. But that's not what Jesus is saying here. Uh, being blessed is not meant to communicate a sense of happiness or, or congratulations. Uh, in fact, Jesus is going for something deeper. Jesus, when he uses that word blessed in our text for today, he's trying to indicate uh, to be saved or to be redeemed. And this distinction is so important for his listeners because the people out there, the crowd, the multitude who were listening to him are people who are just hearing about the promises of God for the first time. They're just hearing about these promises from Jesus, these blessings. And so these blessings are the promises that promise them salvation because of Jesus Christ. They are redeemed because of Jesus. And so now we get to hear those who are blessed. Uh, Jesus describes those people. He, he gives us a list. He says, The ones who are blessed uh, are the poor in spirit, those who mourn, the meek, the hungry, the merciful, the pure in heart, and the peacemakers, the ones who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, and the ones who are persecuted on behalf of Jesus. You know, as I hear that list, I'm not entirely sure that is a list that I want to include myself on. Uh, and it's because we also use that word blessing in an uh, uh, incorrect way. We misunderstand and misuse the word blessed uh, because instead we think of blessings based on our outward appearance, whether it's a new job or a new car or uh, the family who comes to church and their kids never cry. They are blessed. Or perhaps uh, the person who has the nice new clothes and the nice new car, well, they are blessed. And the family, when you, when you go to their house, it looks so perfect that the grass is cut to the very inch and you don't even want to walk on it, they are blessed. All these ways that we hear descriptions of being blessed is a misunderstanding, a misuse of that word blessed. All of those things have to do with what's going on outside of ourselves. It's an outward appearance. And when we misunderstand the word blessed, it changes the way that Jesus uses it. Because then we think, oh, well, if I have a lot of materialistic stuff, then obviously I am blessed. And that's the message that the world sends to us. But that's not what Jesus is saying here. 
Jesus' message is so vastly different from the world, uh, perhaps it's even difficult for us to understand. It almost sounds a little bit unbelievable. And so uh, I, I came up with a different way, perhaps, to understand the way that Jesus is using the word blessed, a, a more accurate depiction, you might say. The widow who gives her last pennies back to God, she is blessed. And the Christians in other parts of the world who are being persecuted and killed for their faith in Jesus, they are blessed. And the man who begs and waits on the corner, uh, not knowing when his next meal will come, he is blessed. The young high school student uh, dealing with depression and anxiety, uh, not sure whether life is worth living, he is blessed. And the parents uh, who lost their daughter just days after she was born to a genetic disease, who are mourning in a way that they could have never imagined. They are blessed. These are the people that Jesus is talking about in our text for today. These are the blessings that Jesus is raining down upon these people. That because of Jesus, they are blessed. They receive God's promises. And he was speaking directly to the people in the crowd because there were probably some out there who were dealing with these things. In the same way that all of us are dealing with different things that life throws our way that never feel like a blessing. And yet in that, because of the promises of God, we are blessed. That's how radical Jesus' love is for us. That's how radical the promises of God are for his people, for all of his saints. That those who are poor in spirit, they receive God's promises. And those who mourn, they receive God's promises. Those who die because of their belief and confession of Jesus Christ, they are blessed. And these blessings, these promises, they exist right here and right now, and yet we await the fullness, the full completion of them one day. Uh, as Lutherans, we like to call that the distinction of the now and the not yet. Promises that exist right here and right now, and yet promises that we cling to in a future reality. And our text speaks to that this morning. If you go back to verse 3, it says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The verb there in the Greek is, indicates that right here and right now, for those people, the kingdom of heaven is theirs. So uh, if you are poor in spirit, if you have been poor in spirit, if you will be poor in spirit, right here, right now, the kingdom of heaven is yours. And then you'll notice, as you read through the next promises, the next blessings, the verb changes. Uh, in English, it says, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. The phrase shall here can also be translated as will. So, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. It points us to the future. Because right now, if you are mourning, God's promise to you is that you receive his comfort. That's the kind of God that we have, a God who meets us in the midst of our sadness and our mourning with his comfort and his great love. And yet, the fullness of that comfort is not realized until the reality when Christ returns. And so we have a hope to carry us through 
our sadness, and our sorrow. A hope that points us towards the day of Christ. And the idea of promises of now and not yet is so fitting for us on this All Saints Day as we celebrate the promises of those who have gone before us and our promises right here and right now. Because when we talk about the saints, we often talk about them as the people who have died before us. As we did a few moments ago, we honored them and we remembered them. And in that remembrance, some of us grieve. And we are filled with sadness and sorrow as we remember them. And that's okay. Uh, in fact, something that Pastor Mark has shared with you before uh, is about Martin Luther himself. Uh, Martin Luther, when talking about the death of his daughter, Magdalena, uh, his 13-year-old daughter, Martin Luther says that while he and his wife should be rejoicing in the fact that their daughter has gone on to her eternal life with Christ, the force of their love for her is so great that they cannot help but cry and grieve in their hearts. Grieving is the price we pay for love. And so on this All Saints Day, we remember those who have gone before us, and we grieve. But as St. Paul would say, we do not grieve as though without hope, for our greatest hope is in Jesus Christ. And this hope sustains us, and this hope carries us through our sorrows as Jesus is there with us. And together, we rejoice with all of the saints, celebrating God's promises. And in fact, I know that you've received those promises, and I know the exact moment when you did. It was in your baptism. In your baptism, as you were washed with water, attached to the Word of God and the name of God, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, you received God's promises. And those promises are true for you right here and right now, and they are true for you into eternity. Uh, just as Paul says to the people in Galatia, for many of you were baptized into Christ. You have put on Christ. In our baptism, we have literally put on Christ. Our original sin has been washed away. The old us has been killed. We have been made dead with Christ, and therefore we have made alive with Christ. Those promises come in our baptism, and so right here and right now, we have the promises of God, just like the saints before us. Promises of forgiveness and grace, promises of love and mercy, promises of comfort and hope. Those are our baptismal promises, the promises of God for all of his saints. And for that, church, we rejoice. In the, in the final moments here, I want to direct your attention to the screen this morning. Uh, this is also the cover of your bulletin in color. It looks so much better. And as you'll see here, uh, you'll notice that we have an interesting image. People who are gathered together, uh, hand in hand with one another, but people who don't exactly look the same. Uh, if you look really closely, you can see that they're smiling. I promise they're happy about this. And yet, uh, some of the differences you'll notice is that their skin color is different, and so they don't look the same. Uh, but you'll also notice that some of them have wings, the way that we imagine the saints who have gone on before us. And then you'll also notice the other people around them who are also holding hands without wings. 
us. We who join together hand in hand, smiling at one another, rejoicing in the promises of new life of our baptism through Jesus Christ, God's promises for all of his saints. And in fact, in just a few moments, as we come forward to the table of the Lord, we receive those promises. We celebrate the now and the not yet, because as we receive the body and blood of Jesus, we receive grace and forgiveness right here and right now. And yet we are also receiving a foretaste of the feast that is to come. One day when we are united again with all the saints before us. And so that is how we rejoice today, church. Arm in arm with one another as we come to the table of the Lord and we receive his body and his blood. We receive God's promises for us here and now. And we rejoice with all the saints who have gone on before us together, rejoicing in God's promises. And if there is one way for us to celebrate, for us to proclaim God's promises, it is perhaps in the way that we would do so on Easter morning when we proclaim the risen Christ. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I ask you to stand as we continue with the confession of our Christian faith found in the words of the Nicene Creed. <laughs> 